the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, much, much more. It's earnings season, so I enjoy it. This is the part of the market where we celebrate the last 90 days of sales, of earnings, of how do they do internationally. So we'll hit a lot of that today. On top of that, we'll talk about retirement issues, because I think that's the gist of what we try to do on this show. So, uh, we'll get a little Bernanke action today. It's a pretty full day. If you want to know the truth, it's a lot to work with. Housing starts fall 9.9% in June. Probably slightly influenced, if not heavily influenced, by the recent jump in mortgage rates. Marissa Mayer, Yahoo! Continues to be a work in progress a year into the relationship. Mattel, their sales of American Girl jump, Monster High jumps, Barbie slumps. Bank of America profit up 63%. Like I said, there's plenty for us to work with, I believe, in today's financial news. The SP 500 up 4 Dow up 10, NASDAQ up 7, 10-year Treasury sits at 2.47%, stabilizing. Gold up 3, oil down fractions. Wall Street Journal is doing a story this morning about Google TV and what it's going to look like and what it's not going to look like. The rush to remake the way we watch TV is on. Chris Mayer and Yahoo did their conference call in a news set. And they read Prompter, and it was pretty bad, but people are buzzing about it because we're trying to change the way we watch TV. Google's approached media companies that license their content for Internet TV. In at least one case, Google has provided a demonstration of the product. I think they have the capacity to put a huge amount of money into it. The long-term future of television is obvious. You watch what you want to watch when you want to watch it. Now, is that 5, is that 10, is it 20 years away before we get to what we really want? Cable companies have to do a better job of getting us to watch what they want us to watch when they want us to watch something. Companies like Google and Apple are trying to break that formula. Google's come up with 
you know, a lot of technology and a lot of competitors. Apple, Intel, Sony, they're all developing cable TV set-top boxes. So again, this story is kind of just not refusing to die. We'll see. Again, you know, I can't say, you know, jump up and down and scream and go, Wee! But, you know, I like stories like that. So, um, Tesla, down 13% yesterday. I'm basically an analyst saying, okay, here's a best case, here's a worst case, and here's a, a combined case of how many cars they could actually sell. And every one of them resulted in a lower price of the stock. So know that any company that has a PE above the market, or no PE, which is above the market, it could be hit 10, 20, 30, 40% on any sort of news. Intel met with the Wall Street analyst expectations recently after the quarter ended. You know, analysts when Intel reports are going to be looking for Okay, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, desktop, yeah, 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 yeah. We're looking for something mobile, something wearable, something tablety. So analysts are going to be looking for, you know, revenue beat. Tablets are going to surpass PC shipments by 2015. IBM is going to report numbers today. eBay is reporting numbers. So IBM had a disappointing first quarter. Can they rebound? What's bad for IBM is bad for HP, very likely. eBay, their shining jewel, has been PayPal of recent. I'm going to be speaking with Briefing.com's Damon Southward later today. He's a big trader mentality kind of guy. Tells us what will be working, what won't be working. That'll be in the 8.30 hour. Anything you want to talk about before then, though, don't be shy. Pick up the phone and give me a call. Because uh, I tend to find the calls of the show are better than, you know, me telling you the news. CSX, um, pretty good quarter for the rail operator. They saw increases in merchandise and intermodal shipments. They saw another drop-off in coal shipments. Coal seems to be vilified, hated, just not liked. Visa and MasterCard in the news today. A European Union proposal would cap fees collected to process transactions. Let's see how Visa's responding to that. I've got a couple friends that work over at Visa. So, I'm not going to have a skin in the game. But, um, ah, they're just down fractions now. So, 52-week high, 192. Today, they're at 189. I've been telling you, I like the transaction business for a very long time. And I think they're doing a very nice job in that transactions world. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. 516 1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Taking again, looking at the markets, SP500 up 4, Dow's up 16, the NASDAQ up 9. We've had a very big, nice run on Wall Street. Month over month, year over year, quarter over quarter. Boeing's going to be sued by a Chicago law firm in connection with the Asiana Airline flights that crashed on July 6th here in the Bay Area. 
law firm says the crash may have been caused by a malfunction of the auto throttle. Novartis raised its full year outlook after generic competition. The company's best selling blood pressure pill was delayed into 2014. I like the biotechs as a group. They're one of my favorite groups for the long term investor. For the short term investor, no. Other stories of note out there. Rheology, they predict their second quarter earnings will beat expectations as the real estate market recovers. Real estate services firm also said Apollo Global Management is selling its remaining 25 million share stake in the company. There was some bad news this morning out on housing tied towards um, housing starts. Driverless cars are going to be tested in British roads by researchers at Oxford before the end of the year. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Got an event coming up in Marin. It's very limited space. I'd love to see you come out. It's a retirement event. I do it with CFP Chad Burton. Michelle Lerman. We talk everything that you need about your retirement issues. 639, four points by the Sheraton in San Rafael. Coming up August 1st. That's so right around the corner now, about two weeks from today. If you have questions about your investments, give me a call. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. You can find me online at robblack.com, YouTube channel, Rob Black Show, Twitter channel, Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back on the Wall Street Business Network. This Bay Area update is brought to you by... He reassures the markets even before he speaks. Good day to you. I'm Bob Moon with a Bloomberg... Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Okay, which headline do you want? Flesh eating worms invade a woman's ear? Or quantitative, quantitative eating is so out? I thought so too. The scratching that Rochelle Harris kept hearing in her head all the time literally was scratching. British tourists returned from vacation in Peru earlier this year. She started experiencing headaches, shooting pains down the side of her face, and an unexplained discharge from one ear. Doctors at first dismissed the symptoms as nothing more than an ear infection. Specialists soon made a startling discovery her ear was filled with flesh eating worms. Okay, um, that is disgusting. The fly which throws down the larvae is a notorious livestock pest that also seeks out pets, zoo animals, and occasionally humans as hosts. Okay, I am about to pass out it after vomiting. Busted eardrums. 
S&P 500 is up 6, the Dow's up 27, the NASDAQ up 13. Joining me now, Certified Financial Planner Chad Burton. He's with New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a Certified Financial Planner. One of the issues on retirement, Chad, I look at risk. There's market risk, there's political risk, there's uh, currency risk, there's headline risk, there's earnings risk, there's inflation risk. There's lots of types of risk. But in retirement, I think there's five. There's timing risk. When do the lower or down returns occur? There's market risk, lower overall returns. A lot of people look at the last 10 years and say, uh, people over 60, they're just not going to expose their assets to to risk anymore. And risk equals higher returns Mm -hmm. in theory. Um, There's expense risk. Medical costs go up, repairs go up, replacement of cars. There's longevity risk. Risk, you know, you live in too long. Like at some point in time, I want my mom to die because she's becoming more and more expensive as the years go on. I know that sounds horrible to say. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) Yes, it does. You just look like a big jerk. But there's also inflation risk. Yeah. And inflation risk hits seniors more than anyone else because of the cost of health care and Medicare. Right. Well, you have to expose yourself to some risk assets. Otherwise, later in life, you will subject yourself to a much lower lifestyle. The only way you can keep up with inflation is dealing with stocks, commodities, different types of investments. So if we look at inflation risk as an issue, that means part of your portfolio, part of your stock portfolio has to be overseas. The reason why is because when you're earning money, in over, you know, stocks from other countries or bonds from other countries, you're automatically hedging yourself against the falling dollar, which is where inflation comes from. Okay? Higher commodity prices and a falling dollar causes inflation. So in your overall portfolio, you need to have of your government bond exposure, some of it needs to be in TIPS, Treasury Inflation Protected Bonds, and of your overall bond exposure, a decent portion needs to be in foreign bonds with a good, well-known manager that's been doing it for a while and has good risk-adjusted returns. And of your stock portfolio, you've got to have some good dividend-paying stocks from overseas as well. That's a good way to hedge against inflation. Um, Other risks that we have to hedge against is that, that idea of longevity that you talked about, right? Absolutely. I mean, people used to retire thinking they were going to live till 80, 85. Now, I've had uh, three clients make it to past age 100, and I'm sure I'll you have a lot You had three clients more. make it over 100? Yeah. Do you send them a gift? <laughs> I should have. Send them a, a card like, hey, you're over 100, your life must suck. We had a client that uh, at 98 fell off of her ladder cleaning her own gutters. That's crazy. I fell off my ladder. She broke her hip, and she was fine You know, six months later. Wow. Tough old lady. Tough old lady. Yes, she was. She was. So... So what's that? Just chew leather <laughs> for breakfast every day, leather and bacon. Um, but you know, for longevity risk, that's why I say you know you, you got to have a good portion of your overall income coming from income that you can't outlive. Yeah. Things like uh, pension type income, social security type income, income that's guaranteed from uh, you know either the government or or some sort of a highly rated insurance company. That's your longevity switch. There's actually longevity insurance that's being sold out there now that kicks in after age 85 and starts paying you a certain amount of money. Um, so there is ways to build that into your overall plan, that, that longevity risk. Let me know how much time we have left, Mr. Producer, at some point in time. Timing risk. That, I think it's kind of a, one of the one things that like people don't think about, but like the housing downturn caused a lot of people's retirements just calamity. Yeah. Because they had this asset that was appreciated, 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 appreciated. And then the, you know, the 2006 real estate bubble popped. Mm-hmm. And the timing, it sucked to be a 2010 time frame. You know, it, 
I don't know if that makes any sense what I'm trying to say. It does because you know a lot of people, especially in the Bay Area, re- retire with a lot with rental properties, yeah. right? Yeah. And they have to do a very detailed retirement plan with their cash flow um, and saying that okay, my income need is here. It's going to go up with inflation every year, and my portfolio is only going to last 15 years. So obviously, I'm going to have to start selling some of my properties. And if that is in real estate, you need to know 10 years ahead of the game before you know you're going to need to sell real estate. Because real estate cycles cycle through every 10 years. So if you're going wait, through... Wait, what's that mean? Real estate cycles every 10 years? Every 10 years, from peak to trough to peak to trough. Really? It's always a 10-year type of a cycle. Okay. So um, we're, we're, stocks are very similar, too. I mean, you have you know seven, 70% of the time stocks are up, 30% of the time stocks are down. Bear markets, bull markets tend to last 10 to 15 years at a time. So everything cycles. So you know that, okay, it's, it's uh, 2012. I'm going to have to sell a rental property to replenish my portfolio by 2022, right? Okay. Let's say in five years you get what's really another real estate bubble, for example. I'm not saying there's going to be one, but it, let's say there is. Let's say everybody and their moms wanting to buy real estate no matter what it's doing, and you know you, you're at the top of another price point. Well, you might want to sell that property five years early and take advantage of that dip. In terms of your overall portfolio, to take out the timing risk, the timing risk when you're in retirement is you're living off of your portfolio. So the thing that will kill your returns and kill your chances of a long-term retirement in the long run is if you're selling stocks or bonds in a down market. Both have a lot of risk. In fact, in bonds, there's more risk now than ever that you're going to have to sell in a down bond market because we haven't had a down bond market for many years. And usually when the bond market's down, you get two years of negative returns. And so the only way to hedge against that, you need three years' worth of your portfolio draws in cash. That's the only way that you're going to make sure that you don't time the market on the selling side. And uh, after that, every quarter, on the upside, peel your gains to replenish the amount of that cash that you've spent. That's how you reduce the risk of timing in retirement. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I always try to look for the law of unintended consequences because our politicians, I don't think that the ramifications of legislation is always figured out before it's enacted. Experts are saying the number of physicians unloading their practices at hospitals up 30 to 40 percent in the last five years. Doctors typically sell because employees, they become employees of the hospital and they no longer have to support their own employees. We'll take a break here. We'll come back a little later in the show. Dan Southward from briefing.com talking trading. This is Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. The average cell phone has more bacteria than a toilet. It's worthy of note, right? Teach calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Statue of Liberty wears a size 879 sandal. It's a pretty big foot. I wear size 14s myself. So 
It's weird when your foot doesn't fit on a stair. People look at you like, you're weird. Um, Yahoo Gaines, Marissa Meyer, talks up improvements she made during the conference call yesterday. Um, I don't know. What are some other things that we need to start thinking about today? I think there's a story or an angle out there tied towards dividends, right? Dividend stocks, when will they start returning back to regular form and kind of be a little bit more on the boring side? That's going to be part of our transition that we go through. Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke is saying, you know, look, I'm giving myself a lot of leeway to be wrong or or to not necessarily jump all the way in. Identifying where you should be in the next trend transition from ultra-low interest rates to low interest rates. You know, obviously, things like utility funds and utility stocks are a little less important when the return on the Treasury is similar to the return on yield for them. I think what you're always trying to look for inside your portfolio are no-load funds. A load is a sales charge. The American funds are traditional abusers of this, in my opinion. It's not really American funds. It's the people who sell the American funds. The LPL financials, the Ameriprises, 5.5% loads to buy. That's crazy. It's, you can't make money off that. Um, you know, you want to focus on actively managed funds. I don't like the enhanced index funds. I don't like the power shares or the pro shares. You're looking for veteran managers who have been in place for you know greater part of the last decade, so they've seen good times and bad times. One of the greatest mutual funds of all time, in my opinion, is Dodge and Cox Stock Fund, ticker symbol DODGX. The fund's performance can be streaky. It had a catastrophic 2008. But consider this, the nine managers who run the $46 billion fund have been on the job an average 15 years. It's annualized return in that period of time, 12.9%, which is two percentage points better than the Vanguard 500 index, an index fund that tracks the S&P 500. So they're beating their peers in large cap world. They charge annual fees of one half of 1%. For an actively managed fund, that's really low. The Fidelity Contra Fund. Will Danoff runs the Fidelity Contra Fund, ticker symbol FCNTX. Since 1990, the fund has averaged 13.1% returns. Your home hasn't. That's, of course, beating the SP 500 funds. Ticker symbol on Fidelity Contra Fund, FCNTX. FCNTX. It's one of the biggest stock funds out there, so it's huge. In the last year, it's had a 23% return, lagging the Vanguard 500 by about 3.7%. So it's not perfect on any given year, but the track record's pretty darn good. There's also the Mayors and Power Growth Fund. Um, the Mayors and Power Growth Fund, ticker symbol MPGFX, MPGFX. Fund often gets labeled as a large company fund because its typical holding has an average market cap of about $17 billion. But fund managers are allowed to invest in anything they want. 
outpaced its peer group of large capital growth funds in the last six years. It's helped propel its 10-year annualized return to 9.3%. All very good numbers, right? So you have to find what works for you. You'll hear me out there say, I like passive funds. You'll hear Chad say, I like active funds. I like Chinese funds. I like funds with exposure to China. There's no right answer. You, What works for me won't work for you. Unless you're going to pay me, I'm not going to work for you. I'm going to give you good ideas. I'm going to help build you up. I'm going to help explain things to you. I'm going to help show you how things work. But I don't know you. And the whole part of investing is getting to know each other. That's why there's like buckets of strategies don't work over time. It's a good place to start, but then you have to be practical and put that real person into the scenario and real inflation numbers in that scenario. You know, if we go through a period of highly um, inflationary years above market norm, then strategies from the past mean nothing. Brian Rogers is the chairman and chief investment officer over at T. Rowe Price. They have an equity income fund that I think is nice. Now, he's put a big bet in financial services stocks. So he's outperformed heavily. Heavily in the last 52 weeks. He's bet on J.P. Morgan. He's bet on Bank of America. Johnson & Johnson. Johnson is not so much financial, but you get the idea. So, you've heard me say, you know, as the economy improves, banks should be the right place to be. I'm not saying that's his opinion, but we both have come up with overweight banks. It's been Bernanke's giving testimony right now. Oh, I don't know. You get a little tired talking about Bernanke. Verizon's got a big droid event coming up on January 20, July 23rd. That's six days from now. A lot of people expect to see the Motorola Droid Max. Maybe another phone or two that's exclusive to Verizon. Again, not a good way to invest on what's, you know, if they show us something great. Because the you know, the phrase that always goes out there is, if some greats were, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, oh, what party we'd have. Um... There's a conference going on right now called Seeking Alpha, Delivering Alpha. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, and one of the things that they do is they pull out different um, hedge fund managers. What's your favorite? Why? One hedge funder, Bill Ackman, he said last year he was long Procter & Gamble. It's up 25% in that period of time. Leon Cooper said he liked 10 stocks. One of them was Gannett, a media company that a lot of people have predicted will die with the old mobile craze. Up 80%. Jim Chanos, he uh, said short Hewlett Packard. He did great, but starting to look less great now. But when did he get out? 
Bo Taylor. He works for Taylor Woods Capital Management. He's long crude and is currently making new highs for the year, around $106 a barrel. But back to Leon Cooperman. He runs Omega Advisors. And he gave 10 stock picks. All were winners. That's impressive. Qualcomm, Watson Pharmaceuticals, Western Union, Kinder Morgan, Halliburton, Gannett, Express Scripts, Capital One, and AIA Group. He crushed it. So if he says anything today, I'll pay attention. Right? Won't you? I don't know. You want more flesh-eating stories? Flesh-eating worms? Right? No, probably not. We'll pass on that one. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Tesla had a bad day yesterday and it's rebounding today. It has no PE, so for me, it's a stock that has a lot of downside. Sometimes earnings will buffet a company's fall. It's trading at next year's PE of 130. They still make, as far as I can tell, cars. Although there's been some other things that they're talking about. Elon Musk also owns a business that wants to send leisure travelers to the moon, or at least space. Elon Musk also wants to start a high-speed travel business that basically puts us in those little mail tubes that you can push around, like if you've ever been in an old office building. You've got these vacuum-sealed mail tubes. Put a letter in it, straight up it goes. Um, 800-516-1220 get your calls in the air it's 800-516-1220 anything you want to talk about we can talk about thanks for listening to the show thanks for supporting the show um, I always mean that don't forget i got an event coming up in two weeks two Thursdays from now it's an evening event it's my only event in Marin San Rafael at the Four Points with Sheraton Chad Burton and I do a retirement boot camp from 630 to 9 800-516-1220 get your calls in the air if you want to sign up for the event it's robblack.com it's robblack.com also, don't forget, CFP Chad Burton has a show that he does on this very station every day from 1 to 2 p.m. So check it out. It's worth listening to. Podcast is great as well. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. To protect remote users. No. How about a product that's difficult to install and use? Thank you reassures the markets even before he speaks. Good day to you on quarter percent. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Mud, sweat, and tears. A nice way to describe Wall Street today. Not really. Jack Lou, Treasury Secretary. He's given a speech this morning. He talks about the Obama administration remains committed to putting into the too-big-to-fail banks. Vowed to accelerate efforts to put Dodd-Frank financial regulations into place. It appears that the U.S. has got pretty good capital in our banking system right now. Um, so I don't think it's as feared 
because it's been expected and some actions have been created by banks to deal with red legislation. Um, a couple bankers have come out and said, we're ready for it, so we're not that stressed. Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke said the Federal Reserve's proposed timetable for tapering its bond buying program is not set in stone. He emphasized that because our asset purchases depend on economic and financial developments that are no way, shape, or form set on a pre-course. Uh, preset course, so if economic conditions improve too fast and expect the pace of asset purchases could be reduced somewhat more quickly. So he's not really again saying very much, is he? To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Coming up next hour, I'm going to be talking with Damon Southward, trader for briefing.com. Talk a little bit about what he's seen in various sectors. See if we could uh, build some sort of consensus. Volume has been very, very light. You know, a joke of a Wall Streeter would be like, oh, today we saw volume in the thousands. And now you're saying, that's not a good joke. It's kind of not, right? So, um, Bernanke sticks with the script that the market's favored. Nothing's preset. I'm keeping an eye on the jobs. When the job is there, I'll do my job. Bank of America puts better than expected results. Yahoo! They beat by expectations. CSX beat by expectations. Mattel missed. Abbott Labs beat by a couple. WW Granger beat by seven cents. Building permits were disappointing today. Housing starts were disappointing. Single family starts dipped just eight tenths of a percent. The number of homes under construction remain on an upward trajectory, so that should help GDP. Ten-year Treasury still sits at that 2.5% area. So, at one point in time, the Fed was a little bit more dovish than Bernanke. Keeping monetary easing low, because he doesn't see a lot of inflation. And the ten-year Treasury moved just a little bit. And then at one point, one morning, he's a little bit more hawkish, saying, you know, I'm going to have to do something to tighten this up at some point. And the exaggeration on the upside of the 10-year treasury was, was almost twice as much. So the market may be saying, you know, be careful, because we'll, we'll beat you around if you beat us around. So Ben Bernanke's giving a two-day testimony to the House Financial Services Committee. He does this twice a year. Prepared remarks were released. And again, nothing that really shocked Wall Street or upset Wall Street. Take a look at the market numbers. We've got the SP 500 up 3, the Dow's up 5, the Nasdaq's up 7. Tenure Treasury sits at 2.47%. Google TV's in the news today. Tough to get excited about it, right? So, in the end, content is king, or is the infrastructure king? More and more millennials are saying, see you later, cable TV company. They want to watch TV when they want to watch it, not when the cable TV wants to deliver it to them. Cable's done an excellent job. Comcast has done an excellent job with Xfinity apps and various things that you could watch when you want to watch, when you want to watch, where you want to watch. But I think that we're still at that point where it's expensive. We probably want more of the a la carte. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I found ESPN, and I don't watch ESPN a lot. 
But I've found them in the last six months to start getting worse and worse, repeating the same stories two, three, four, five nights in a row. I've watched the first half of the year, six months, best plays of the year. I've seen it at least three or four times. Netflix is trying to shake up the Emmys, which is one of those stories that I just kind of find, to be kind of honest with you, is silly. You know, Emmy nominations come out tomorrow. Good chance that Netflix could end up dominating some categories thanks to the drama House of Cards and Comedy Arrested Development. So Netflix has changed the way we view entertainment. Netflix shows are often watched on computers and tablets versus television. Netflix has spent heavily on Emmy campaigns and clearly sees nominations as an acknowledgement that it's arrived. Keith Olbermann's going to get a show back on ESPN2 or ESPN. Um, the political commentator's going to go back to his background of sports. I would refer that as taking any job I can get. Uh, the movie R.I.P.D. looks pretty awful. Jeff Bridges, Ryan Reynolds, deceased lawmen who battle over Dead people. The movie cost $130 million to make. It's looking to be a bit of a bomb. So, that brings up the question of who made it. Is this a trend for them, or is this uh, less is more? I think you're going to see fewer and fewer people bet big. I think that's worthy of noting on movies in the future. So, big concept. Big summertime concept. Well, let's just make another Independence Day movie. To get your calls in the air today, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. We talk, you know, Bernanke. We could talk Bank of America. We could talk Yahoo. Reach out to me, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. It's Rob Black, your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Don't forget to get an event coming up in Marin, San Rafael, Four Points by Sheraton. August 1, it's a Thursday evening from 6.30 to 9. Sign up today because it is filling up fast. We'll take a break here. Talk to you soon. Strategies and solutions with America's retirement authority. Go to rayonthemoney.com. Bad credit card debt happens. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Stocks are rising today. Ben Bernanke says no preset course for quantitative easing at this point, but he's kind of playing both sides of the fence. He's kind of getting us ready for that, but he's not ready to pull the trigger just yet. Housing starts in the United States unexpectedly fell to their lowest level in a year, but they're still building on a year-over-year level. So, good news, bad news. Mostly bad news, but well, it depends. Maybe if you want to get home, it's good news. Bank of America and Bank of New York. Boney. B-O-N-Y. Gained more than 1.2% as second quarter profits increased. Yahoo! Up 6.8% as earnings beat expectations. Yahoo! is going to have to show us not just earnings beating expectations in the future, but revenues. American Express and MasterCard retreated after a report that said the European Union may cap transaction fees. Markets respond to the fact that the Fed is not going to create an arbitrary definition of when exactly quantitative easing three ends and when quantitative easing starts to change the rules. 
They're just not going to create a hard set arbitrary definition. So central bank stimulus has helped our economy. We all know that. American Express MasterCard lower today. European Commission has proposed introducing a two-tenths of a percent ceiling on debit and credit card transactions. I think we'll get there on you know, market forces, even if we don't get there on legislation. McDonald's a little bit lower. Janie Montgomery Scott downgraded the world's largest restaurant chain to neutral from buy. 12-month target of about 105. That stock's just roared. So it's tough to you know, get upset at them. Statue of Liberty worth a size 879 sandal, just in case you don't know. Just in case you want to know. This is a bigger question. Um, Google TV's in the news. If I had a dollar for every time I keep hearing about some company going to do some sort of television product that's different than everyone else's television product, I'd be a rich dude. SP 500's up three, the Dow's up five, and NASDAQ up seven. Story out there that millennials are going to start carrying the markets. I don't put a lot of merit in this because I know millennials and I see what they're not saving. Born in the 1980s, beaten down in aughts. Considered to be the generation that gets dumped on. Millennials are Generation Y who have faced more than their hardship, economically speaking, for most of their adult life. They haven't seen good and healthy markets until recently. The oldest of an estimated 90 million American millennials begin to turn 35. They're going to start being counted on for the next leg up on the bull market. It's not going to happen over nine night. A lot of this population wants to move out of their parents' home. They want to find good, steady work. And that's going to be the problem, is that they're behind. In theory, they're going to usher us into a new world, like you know, the older generation ushered us into a new world. From 1980 to the burst in the dot-com bubble in 2000, the SP 500 rose about 1,400%. It was an unprecedented world of change, financially speaking, but technologically speaking as well. The best thing millennials have going for them is a lot of people look at them as the me, me, me generation. But also I think that they're really comfortable with new technologies and globally oriented. They're willing to say I'll move to Singapore if I need to. It's not going to put it into them. Yes, I love technology, but not as much as you, you see. But I still love technology. In the late 1990s, there was a tech company that was dominant. They were rich. They were powerful. U.S. government dragged the company into court and threatened to break it up over antitrust violations. The case was settled. Microsoft agreed to play nicer. They had a choke on the global personal computing market. But there's been a shift, and their monopolies coming unraveled fast. Stock trades at half the level it hit at the peak of the tech boom. The PC industry has been fragmented since then. Their monopoly is not destroyed. No way. But it's more irrelevant. 
So cloud computing, smartphones, tablets, mobile gadgets. Windows used to be very, very relevant as a platform. Now you just jump on the Internet and run some apps. So global shipment devices. For the two decades through 2005, the personal computer was the only game in the town. And it's changed. So more smartphones are sold than personal computers by the year 2015. Shift in personal computing device adoption. Tablets are a player here. So we'll see. I'm not telling you to sell. I'm not telling you to buy Windows. But tell us a loser day. Barbie's having her fair share of a rough go of it. Um, and Mattel has a pretty deep bench of product they can use to replace. But at the same time, it's they're seeing a pretty rough go of it. DreamWorks Animations. New movie. It's trying to capitalize off Fast and Furious. And you're like, no. Next animated movie they got coming out called Turbo, out today. In one of two films out this weekend, Ryan Reynolds will play a snail with dreams to go fast. And I said, huh? So it's Fast and Furious meets Snails. So DreamWorks Automation is interesting to note. Ryan Reynolds also in Fast and Furious. Michelle Rodriguez, voice of Fast and Furious. Or actress in Fast Furious, also in Turbo. Um, so DreamWorks stock fell before the film's release. It's not expected to do anything great. But DreamWorks Animation also had a bomb with Rise of the Guardians. Now, the only one that's really doing great for DreamWorks Animation right now, not the only one, but the new franchise is the Croods. That's all I got for you. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Goldman Sachs. Nice quarter. Johnson Johnson. Nice quarter. Uh, Coca-Cola, not so nice. Ben Bernanke. Being pretty nice to what he's saying. Yahoo and Bank of America. Pretty good. So, uh, W.D. Granger, Abbott Labs, CSX, uh, Mattel, not so good. So we got a lot more good than bad, but again, we manage this stuff. We under-promise, we over-deliver, we cut expectations throughout the quarter. This is Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke told NASDAQ also up one-third percent to 3,610. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. So I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Coming up on me, talking with Damon Southward from Briefing.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about on this show. I want you to always look at Wall Street's product. In the first hour, I gave you some large cap mutual fund ideas that have low costs and have beaten the market over a 10 and 20 year period. That's not the only way to invest, but it's a start. Um, I see people make way too many mistakes with high-cost products, like American funds. And if you get bad performance and you get high costs, you're a loser. Three things determine if you're going to be successful or not. Low cost, time in the market, and management. Exposure, well, rebalancing your portfolio, large part of it. Consistency of investing. A lot of people try to just lump sum it. I'm going to put 10000 in and see where it takes me. It's not going to take you that far. I promise you that. Because you're going to make a mistake with that mentality. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers and see how we're doing. We've got the SP 500 up 6. The NASDAQ up 12. The Dow up 27. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He's on the show on a regular basis. You can always find him at newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of people want to hire CFPs, and I know one of the questions that you ask is, how much money do you have in stocks, bonds? What's your house worth? How much income do you have? How much income will you need in retirement? But one of the lines in your forms is, how much do you have in stock options? In the Bay Area, a lot of people are wealthy on stock options. Let's talk a little bit about planning with stock options. Well, yeah, stock options are you know have been a historically a pretty successful way to build wealth in the Bay Area, but they're one of the hardest things to plan for. And you have so many different, there's there's restricted stock options or RSUs, they're just grants that vest over time. Um, there's incentive stock options and non-qualified stock options. And the first step when it comes to stock options is, is teaching a person to treat them as income. Because really all they are is the company can't afford to pay you what they think you're worth necessarily. They want you to work harder so that you have future benefit in the company's share appreciation. So you've got to learn to treat your stock options as, as income. Don't treat it as a nest egg. Don't treat it as a home run. Don't treat it as anything but, like you said, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket in retirement. Therefore, you have to diversify out of your stock options because they are income. Yeah, and, and especially you know if you're younger and you you get up to ten to fifteen percent of your net worth in these leveraged options and they don't expire for a long period of time and you think the company's doing extremely well, then fine. But even after that, there there comes a point where you've got to make the decision that as the option ages, the leverage drops and the downside risk is higher than the upside risk. And so really what, what we do is keep a spreadsheet that shows, you know, here's the value of the stock, here's the strike price on the option, and any time that difference will still net you an 8 to 10% rate of return even after you pay Uncle Sam, that's when you know the trigger points are starting to hit and you should start diversifying. So if you're in your 50s, you need to, you know, start getting to the point where less than 5 to 10% of your portfolio is in your company options. Um, and that number is a little lower in your 30s. You could do 15% if you're really super aggressive because you've got time to, to deal with the fact of you know, if the company 
goes upside down and your options are worthless, you've got time to make that up. And the way to look at it is your company, they already pay for your house, your car. They're already such a big portion of your your income and your your light daily costs that you can't have all your eggs in that one basket. Because sometimes companies do fail. Uh, WorldCom comes to mind. Enron comes to mind. So be careful on stock options. Well, yeah. And, and then also we're starting to see incentive stock options being granted again. Um, that's one of those, we saw a lot of those in 1998, 1999, where people exercise them. And the idea with incentive stock options, if you if they've longer than two years from grants or one year since you've exercised them, if you exercise and hold them, you can eventually get qualified for capital gains treatment. But they're subject to AMT. So what happens is people, if they exercise too late in the year and they try to hold them, they could exercise late in one year, owe a huge AMT tax, and the company fails the next year, and you can't go bankrupt with Uncle Sam. You just can't. Um, so if you're doing incentive stock options, you've really got to plan very carefully for those, run a lot of models, realize the AMT tax, and if you're going to exercise and hold them, you've got to do it real early in the year, like the first few weeks of January, so that you have a whole year to be able to avoid the AMT um, by selling them early. It helps having a financial planner run the scenario for you or your own accountant run some scenarios for you. You've you got to have both. Okay. I mean, because to run those different scenarios, you need the you know, pretty extensive tax software. And so the financial planner can come up with the strategies and the what-if scenarios, and then you have the CPA or the enrolled agent run it through the models based on all the other issues, which is, you know, how much property taxes you pay can also throw you into AMT, how many other deductions can throw you into AMT. There's, there's, there's a lot of issues. Managing your tax load is just as important as managing your insurance and your investments. Uh, anything else that we need to know about stock options? Well, then it kind of goes into ESPPs, which is the same deal. Um, the taxation is a little bit different, but what I tell people is if, again, they're they're over 10% in their, their company stock and they're still buying the ESPPs for the discount, which makes sense financially in most, in most good companies, um, once those are two years old, make sure you have a plan once they reach that two-year period, which is the qualifying date for most plans, they're 18 months to two years, Start selling those systematically and reinvesting them into something else. And again, 2012, capital gains tax 15%. 2013, 20% or higher. Right. So the tax laws change on a regular basis. People need to be aware of that. Right. Especially uh, you know, when you're sitting on a large sum of money. It's funny. I used to think of stock options as that person's sexy because you got stock options. Mm-hmm. The early 2000s and 90s were very good to say that you had stock options. Lots of option grants and free BMWs back then. Absolutely. A lot of people would convert and go and splurge on a car, which is something you should avoid doing because cars are depreciating assets. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, no, just the idea of treating it as income. And, and don't be afraid of taxes. Taxes are going to be there if it's a success, successful situation. So, um you pay taxes when you have success, and you just have to plan to pay the least amount of taxes, but still keep the most amount of your net worth. I would argue that the estate tax is not success. <laughs> the estate? You die, you owe tax. But then again, you were successful in your life, so I see what you're saying. That's Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Trying to get you to retirement, hopefully cutting down on some of the mistakes. Know that this is not a perfect science. If it were, we'd all make money hand over fist. We'd own a small island because we'd figure it out. There's an art to it. I think you want to be slow. I think you want to be patient. I think you want to have a lot of questions to ask. Don't get too greedy. Don't get too fearful. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. Coming up, David Southward from briefing.com. Don't forget I get an event coming up. The event is coming up in about two weeks. 
in Marin, San Rafael, Four Point Sheraton, Thursday evening, August 1. Sign up at robblack.com. to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Tuesdays and Wednesdays I get awarded analysts from briefing.com. Briefing.com is providing independent live market analysis of U.S. international markets. I've followed them and used them for 15 plus years. Let's bring in Damon Southward, Chief Market Strategist with Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. Southward? I'm Will, Rob. Thanks for having me on. You've been around a long time, which basically means you have some success, or they would have let you go. It's a, it's a pretty harsh business, right? <laughs> it, it is a difficult business, and uh, you know, it's, I think it's gotten a lot more difficult since I started 16 years ago, especially uh, on the trading side. I focus on special situations and... Um, I find that most people out there have had a very difficult time making the transition uh, dealing with the high-frequency trading and the black box systems and that type of thing. I think when most people started trading, you could put in a, a buy order for info space and watch it run 20 points in half a day and uh, come out with a big smile on your face. But now it's, um, it, it requires a lot more research and, and due diligence to try to find high-quality, compelling, uh, attractive ideas. In your opinion, high-frequency trading, should it be monitored, limited, regulated, taken out completely? Well, I guess in general, um, you know, looking at it from the individual trader, active trader's perspective, it does make things more difficult because it creates uh, mirages in the market. There's never really liquidity in my opinion, especially if you're trading uh, size positions. Uh, so you may, if you're a trader and you have on a, a pretty large position and you're trying to get in and out, except for the major Dow component names and some of the most liquid large cap names, uh, sometimes it can be very difficult to move in and out of a position. Now, that said, I mean, I don't know that rules should be changed to accommodate day traders. So, uh, you know, I kind of have a mixed opinion there. With that said, you do something that's called scalp trades. What's a scalp trade, and how can that benefit our listeners? Uh, well, if, you know, most of your listeners are focused on uh, retirement and that type of thing. Probably scalp trading is the best thing for them. Uh, you know, we do have a uh, a lot of additional content, such as, you know, one of the thing, one of the parts of our site that I really uh, value is the IPO coverage. And, you know, there are deals coming 
every few weeks that are relatively compelling deals. And if you have a relationship with a broker, I always say there's no freer money than IPO money. And, uh, you know, for example, there's a, a, a deal that opened today uh, for four and a half points above its IPO price, relatively large uh, deal in MLP that pays a decent yield. And if you have a relationship with one of the underwriters of that firm, uh, of that deal, I mean, you could have gotten IPO shares and picked up that four, four and a half points with very, very low risk. I mean, typically with an IPO, uh, you're not seeing it open down one point or five points. I mean, they typically open above their IPO price and sometimes well above the IPO, the IPO price. So one of the things I always encourage uh, people to do that have assets is to make sure they have relationships with brokers who can get them IPO shares because uh, they can, it can be a very rewarding relationship. Speaking with Damon Southward, Chief Market Strategist, Briefing.com. Damon, let's talk about some setups for the earnings season. It's So far, I guess it's kind of so good, but we lowered expectations. We under-promised we're over-delivering. What are you setting up for for the rest of this earnings season? Well, you know, for my team, we're actually focusing on trying to identify some up-and-comers, uh, emerging growth-type names. So during earnings season, uh, the special situations team on the, the briefing trader product, we really try to find names that are new to the to the scene, that are delivering really strong earnings, really strong revenue, that maybe have have been under the radar for you know, until now. And typically, those are the types of names you see hedge funds start to accumulate aggressively. Individual investors eventually make it to the story. But you want something with a, a strong technical outlook, a very solid chart that's delivering uh, exceptional top-line growth, uh, bottom-line growth, and is showing a history of beating estimates. Those are the types of names that end up becoming your your big winners going forward. And uh, so we look to try to identify those names every every earning season. You do a lot of work on a lot of different components of briefing.com, which you kind of, it takes some time to get into your system and really get it using it properly. Emerging growth, emerging value, income, liquid momentum, the next big thing, special reports. Um, I get probably seven to eight emails a day on your professional service every day. A lot of stuff coming out. Anything you're working on right now, Damon, that you find value in or that you're really proud of? Uh, yeah. So, I, again, I really like our IPO coverage. Okay. It's been a pickup in IPOs lately. Our emerging growth uh, commentary is very popular. People are always looking to identify the new hot name. So we do a really good job, I think, of identifying the types of companies that you'll be hearing about in the paper six months from now as the stocks begin to explode and people begin to take notice of them. Uh, so we've put a lot of effort into trying to identify the types of names that may end up with a big story, that may end up with a you know multi-year advance that people may not necessarily understand the story behind. So they may have a new product uh, or they may uh, be, say, a turnaround situation that kind of fought, had fallen off the radar, but they've really maybe have made some acquisitions or they've cleaned up the balance sheet, uh, that type of thing. So uh, I know a lot of individuals really connect with these emerging growth type names. Uh, I personally also write the yield commentary, uh, and we have a lot of interest in uh, income uh, from our readership. And I think the last time I was on, 
uh, I don't know, maybe about a month or six weeks ago, I was saying I was very concerned about the, the yield space. And I, think, I think my exact words were there, there was going to be blood in the streets. And you've actually seen that uh, with the, in the income space, you've seen some, some major carnage, actually. You know, a lot of individual investors have been focused on the mortgage REITs uh, for income based on their 15 to 20 percent dividend yields. Uh, but some of those names have come in 20 to 25 percent since we last spoke as the uh, agency REIT trade kind of unwinds a little bit and uh, as interest rates pop and the book value of those names uh, comes in. So one of the things that I'm focusing on on the yield side right now is just basically letting the market reset. Uh, I've liquidated a lot of my income positions, which I hadn't done for years, uh, based on the, the weak quality of some of the new deals and the low yields that have been coming to market. And uh, so I've kind of done a reset letting the market clear, and you're starting to see a few deals come to market uh, that you can get interested in. I particularly focus on the preferreds and senior notes and those types of instruments. And so what you're seeing are, uh, you know, shorter uh, maturities, 10 years versus 30 years and higher interest rates. Uh, I think you're seeing deals come in 75 to 150 basis points higher in yield than they were just two months ago. We've only got about two minutes left, so keep that in mind. You once referred to yield investing as working smart. What did you mean by that? Well, it's always nice to have a dividend check show up in your account, a uh, dividend payment show up in your account every quarter, or in some cases every month if you're uh, holding certain ETFs. Uh, so especially on the that's one of the things that I preach to the, the trader audience is that uh, if you have significant assets, it doesn't make sense. So, you know, for intraday trading, it doesn't make sense to have all of your capital sitting in cash just so that you can trade with it all day. Let some of that money work for you. I mean, if you can pick up six to eight percent in income instruments that you don't have to work for, uh, basically you're picking up a dividend check every quarter. Um, you know that can really add to your bottom line, especially if you're sitting on sizable assets. Now, you take that a step further. Uh, I highlight a kind of a relative value income strategy. So we're actually, when we see relative value, we put on larger size and we hold to a position of it for the income and another part of it for capital appreciation. So we're looking to actually make money on trades uh, in, in the dividend space while also holding on to a piece to generate income. Thanks very much for joining me. It's Damon Southward, Chief Market Strategist, Briefing.com. This is an interview that's worth listening to again and again and just trying to pull out a nugget here or there. Briefing.com provides independent live market analysis of the U.S. and international equity markets. Their website's easy. It's Briefing.com. It's Briefing.com. It doesn't get any easier than that. So, Bay Area. Uh, the show is hosted and ran through the whole Bay Area. There's a story out this morning on the Wall Street Journal about rents. We know that rents are going up, but three out of the five cities in the United States with the fastest escalating cost of rents um, right here in the Bay Area. So for the second quarter, 7.8% jumped to 24, almost $2,500. San Francisco, number one. Number two, Oakland, up 6.9%. San Jose was fifth place, up 5%. Seattle, 
So that 6.8% increase for the combined San Francisco Bay Area more than doubled the nation's 3.1%. Rent increases have investors rushing to purchase existing properties. Like Damon said, you know, if you have an asset like a rental property and it's cash flow positive, it's an asset, it's not a liability. If it's paid off, it's an asset, it's not a liability. Some people could still say there's some liability issues, but you get the idea. Fueling the rental increases in San Francisco and a lot of other cities across the county and the country are two big industries that are doing well. Technology. Yeah. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. I think it's very important that average people in America have access to... Talk about Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I personally think we live in a society that's too easily offended in this day and age. But who am I? To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Stocks kind of started the day off in a, a rising type mode, which is nice. If you're going to retire today, if you're in retirement, Sure. But if you've got 10, 20 years, you kind of want to down market. I maxed out my 401k, and uh, almost every paycheck this year I've been buying at a high. That stinks to be me. NASDAQ's up 5, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 13. So, I like down markets. The EIA is reporting 6.9 million barrel crude supply drop. Yahoo is leading techs higher today, up over 4%. I wasn't that crazy with the numbers. I see some problems happening at Yahoo. Of They're having a tough time getting advertisers. So they're, you know, they're not doing much for the ones they have. Margins aren't that great. They're running a very tight ship. And that's what we got, right? So, overall, a good day. We're in earnings season. We're not hearing horrible things from tech companies or energy companies. We're not hearing anything horrific. The market's not going to be at a 52-week high always. The market is made up of winners and losers. Coca-Cola told us something kind of interesting. Americans drink less soda. Soda consumption in the United States is at a 26-year low. Health advocates have cheered the decline, having long warned that consumption of carbonate beverages caused obesity rates to rise in the United States over the past few decades. Mattel's in the news today, tied towards Barbie. Um, fewer Barbie dolls being sold. So, again, Wall Street is all about product. What's interesting to note about Barbie is it's consumer considered a consumer uh, discretionary. And what's that mean? It doesn't have to be owned. So for the fourth straight quarter, sales declined for Barbie, one of Mattel's biggest and most iconic brands. Mattel executives said their monster high and other girls' dolls were 
taken away some sales of the 54-year-old fashion doll. Other doll lines that are out there, you know, American Girl and Disney Princesses. Monster High has had sales grow to over $500 million in just three years of existence. They're dolls that have monstrous characteristics, right? Sales of Mattel's Barbie franchise declined 12% in the latest quarter. Sales of the company's other girls' brands dropped 23%, mostly due to the continued pop... Climbed uh, 23%, I'm sorry. Uh, so Hasbro reports today, and you can easily compare the two. Which one do you like more? That doesn't mean you should own one. It's consumer discretionary. Do you want to own it? So, do you want to continue to throw money at things like the Barbie train and the ride horse and the interactive horse and the Barbie digital makeover mirror? So, anyway, you kind of get where I'm going out with that story. Um, Fed Chairman Alan Greenspan's, uh, Greenspan, whoops, Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke says monetary policy is not on a preset course. That's his big thing today. Woohoo! I'm not getting into it. I'm not like making it my day to follow this and say this is, you know, defining us. Because I don't think it is. I think he's been talking for about two or three months about what's coming up. Weekly mortgage applications posted their ninth decline out of the past ten weeks. Housing starts weaker than expected. Building permits weaker than expected. Strength is in question following a recent rise in interest rates from May lows. Strength today seen in energy, healthcare, materials, and telecom services. Weakness seen in consumer discretionary, consumer staples, technology, and utilities. Lindsay Vaughn's out there today saying she's never going to get married again. Hmm. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Again, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, you can always drop me an email, too, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Don't forget, i got an event coming up in Marin, San Rafael. 6.30 to 9 with CFP Chad Burton and New Focus Financial. Four points by Sheraton, San Rafael. It's roughly two weeks from today, but it's a Thursday night. Best way to generate income in retirement. What steps do you need to take today? I love that David Southward made that point of you got to own some income generating stuff because it, it hits your bottom line. It's another source of income other than your job. You might have not have said all of those, but you get the idea. Leon Cooperman speaking today. And he had a great, last year at this conference, he had a home run. He's selling a panel that he's still bullish on equities. In the next panel, he's going to name names. Is he worth watching? Last year, he was 10 out of 10. So is he worth watching? Brutal to say, right? It's impossible to say. So, to get your calls in the air, 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. Make sure you tell friends about it. You can find out more about me at robblack.com. You've got my YouTube channel is Rob Black Show. My Facebook group page is I Hate Rob Black. My Facebook fan page is Cron for Rob Black. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Take care. Have a good day. Talk to you soon. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.